Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also listen to the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, on the new Google Podcasts app, as well as on Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on Google Play Music, as well as, for iOS users, the Overcast app. Plus, as I've been saying for quite some time now, NHTE is available on Spotify, so be sure to follow the show on there. Joining me today on location here in Anaheim, California at the Winter NAM Show, my guest is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist who has gotten radio airplay and has performed over 120 shows a year for the last eight years, including some very notable locations, which we will talk about. He has opened for the likes of Clint Black, Jody Messina, Kansas, and many others. He is giving us an exclusive on a song that we will play at the end of today's show, yet it won't be released to radio until April 1st, with the video then coming out in May. You've been hearing a song of his entitled Cowboy Way. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Derek Anthony. What's up, Bruce? It's happy finally we get to meet and Absolutely. see each other face to face. What an awesome place to meet as well. For sure, for sure. Thanks for coming here from Texas. You're originally from St. Louis. We started off with a song of yours called Cowboy Way that unfortunately I was talking over. So tell the <laughs> listeners all about that song. Man, so Randy Randy Lee's a, a writer. Him and I do a lot of co-writing together. And uh, we were in his studio in Keller. Keller's a suburb of DFW. And uh, I heard a very rough demo of it. And uh, I was like, do you know what we can do with this song? Like, I'm a, I like to think of once the song is done, kind of how to market it and how to create some urgency and uh, some some traction. I said, we should pitch it to the Cowboys. Once, once uh, you know, we cut it in, a, in Nashville and put it on the album, it'll be a title track. So, uh, yeah, so we, uh, first time I heard it, I, I just fell in love with it. And uh, kind of full circle, there's a new show coming out on A&E called The Cowboy Way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I've already emailed them, like, I got the perfect song for you. But when you say you heard a rough demo of it, so... What does that mean? Someone else had written it? Yeah, Randy wrote it. Yeah, okay. Randy Lee is uh, my co-writer. We've co-written about 15 songs together. And he also writes his own stuff, and I write my own stuff. And sometimes we get together, sometimes we don't. Um, there, 90% of the artists out there today don't write, unfortunately. But I, I write, um, and I like to publish um, all the stuff that I write. But at the same time, if I hear a song that is gripping and awesome and amazing, why not cut it? But when you say it was a rough demo, does that mean that it's in a place where he's open to input for you to say, I really like this song, except I would change this lyric or I would change this groove or uh, I would. Could. Uh, I think we're we're respectful in the same manner. But if something's off, then we tell each other. But at the, in this uh, in this instance, there was really nothing wrong with it. I was pretty excited about it. Wow. Wow. So yeah. it was I like this. Let's record it. Yeah. It was just that. Simple. Yeah. And then we kind of hit off a friendship and. Uh, well, now we're still writing, just and we'll get into all that. But uh, we just uh, gonna cut a, a new song out and hopefully have Toby Keith pick it up. So we'll see what happens. Mm. And listeners, that song "Cowboy Way" averaged about a thousand spins a week on the radio. And in fact, Derek started to tip his hand a little bit. That song is played at Dallas Cowboys home games. Yeah, it's uh, 
It's a, it's a kind of I'm a pretty aggressive personality, so I followed all the cowboy cheerleaders on Twitter and ended up emailing the organization and uh, got to uh, the main uh, head choreographer, and she's like, "Well, it has to go to a committee," and I'm like, "Really? Okay. Well, how do I do that?" And then they went to Europe for six weeks, and I never heard anything. I kept emailing her and emailing her. And she's like, hey, we submitted your song, and it made the list. So it's an approved li- it's an approved title when the DJ's up in his booth and the crowd's going crazy. That's one of the songs that they choose to play. Okay. It just depends on the timing. Sometimes it's played for 10 seconds. Sometimes it's played for one minute. I'm still pushing for a halftime show, but it seems to be uh, very political. And also, uh, Jerry, Jerry Jones, the owner, may want some money for a sponsorship (laughs) if you know anything about jerry jones he's all about that well but listeners i love this story that derek is telling because if you're listening to this show because you are an up-and-comer you're an aspiring singer songwriter entertainer you know listen to the persistence in derek's story and all the lengths that he went through to contact anybody and everybody to make sure that his song got heard and lo and behold now here it is on the approved list to be played at cowboys home games and so just tie together then the message of the song in terms of because i'm sure it's not just a fit for their games yeah, because the, it's called cowboy the hook way is, hey 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 that's the cowboy way um you know there it is a little bit cliche i like driving my truck and uh a few other things but it is um there's there's just that cowboy way it's it's a, more of a generic term but you know we we were trying to stamp it as their brand as their as their new theme song, and we still are. It's still being played, but it's not, um, you know, I want the best of all things. I want it played every touchdown. <laughs> but it's, uh, so yeah, so the the overlining hook is just really a chant. You can go to YouTube and Google it on the, or search it in the YouTube uh, search bar. But um, um, it's, uh, it was, I, I mapped it out like a bouncing ball, what the fans need to say, when they need to say it. And it's a chant, so it's a hey, 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 and there's a hard stop. And then everybody's supposed to shout, that's the cowboy way. So it becomes a chant. So when you came to the rough demo, was it a song that was intended to be written to get the attention of the Dallas Cowboys no. or just worked out that way? <laughs> I just heard it, and I was like, hey, ding, 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 light went on. Okay. okay. We live in a cowboy wow. country. And, yeah, all the planets and, align. And Randy's like, yeah, sure, go for it. Wow. And he's like, you'll never get it done. Wow. And I was like, just wait. <laughs> but it, you're right, Bruce. It takes so much persistency. And, and, and no matter what bucket in the music business you're trying to go after, man, you get shot down 98%. But that 1% or 2% that you don't, and you got to keep the gas on. And that's one thing that I've done the last 10 years is keep the throttle on and, and, and do your best not to give up. And, you know, you're going to fail. But if, you know, Mark Cuban always says he's going to fail one out of eight times. But that one time, he's going to kill it. And, and you know, his dreams are going to come true or his passion or his, or his business model or whatever it is succeeded. And it makes the seven no's worthwhile when you get that one out of the eight that, that does pay off. Yeah. Like, like you with all your hard work and them finally saying, okay, it's on the approved list. And, you, and then you kind of look back and go, see, you told yeah. me it was never going to happen. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. And now I want more, right? Because that's just my DNA. Exactly. Like, yeah. So we've been fortunate enough to get listeners to this show from 141 countries around the world. So there are people who are just being introduced to Derek Anthony for the first time. So I just want to give a little bit of background. I did introduce you as a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. And I'm going to have to take a deep breath for this one, listeners, because Derek plays, you ready for this? Trumpet, banjo, guitar, saxophone, 
harmonica, baritone, piano. Oh my gosh! And in, in high school, I was like athlete and music guy. And back then, you know, I'm not going to say how long ago, but way back when, the uh, the music side was sort of nerdy and not very popular. Now it's totally opposite. I was a left hander on the baseball team, a pitcher captain of the baseball team i was in two musicals hello dolly and the music man bass uh in the quartet anyway but yeah I, music since i was six has been a first song I ever sang i think it was when i was eight or nine at a competition delta dawn and uh, won By the Helen competition Reddy. and uh, obviously my voice hasn't didn't hit puberty uh you know reaching up to that but uh, it was a female who, who don't know what or doesn't uh, isn't aware of who delta dawn the song was but Helen anyway Reddy. Yeah, so I ended up winning, and so I just sit in the back of the station wagon, I always sing along, and I always on somewhat on pitch, and just you know, as a kid, you're like, eh, I don't know, everybody's, all your family's like, oh, you sound great, but really, they just love me. They're gonna tell me I'm awesome, no matter no matter how bad I am, and I wasn't sure if if I if I was really if I was really uh, we have, we have a lot of rowdy crowd here, um, really wanting to do that quote unquote for a living, so. Anyway, but, but out of that big long list that I just read off, let me say it again: trumpet, banjo, guitar, saxophone, harmonica, baritone, and piano. Um, which one of them came first? And then also, if someone was to go see Derek Anthony live today, what would they see you play? Acoustic guitar for the most part. I, I've I've known where you know where my bandwidth is and try to stay on my lane when I have amazing band members already. Um, you know, it's for me to show off, so to speak, or, you know, I may, I may pull out the piano every once in a while, but, um, and that's what I was going to ask you was, yeah, if it's not acoustic guitar, which one of those others might we see creep in and then yeah, piano, um, you know, trumpet and sax really don't fit well with country outside of doing some solo big band stuff. Um, I always say that if, if I ever went back and did it again, when I was like, I don't know, 65, I'd be a Frank Sinatra cover band. I just love the big band music, but I have a lot of influences growing up. I, I listen to rock and uh, pop and mostly country, but um, I really don't have, you know, country music kind of, I kind of went there just because of the lyrics, the way it draws you in and where the other, the other genres aren't so much that. But the fact that there is such a long list of instruments that you play, how has that helped you with with writing, with composing, with performing songs? Well, man, now that uh, now that software's gotten a lot easier or better, it's it's a bit of a cheat, you know. It's a, a bit of a, a shortcut. Um, so for me, when I write, I just use a good acoustic guitar, piano, and vocals. Um, and then if there's a lick that I hear in my head, and for some reason I can't play it. I get Randy or one of my buddies to play it because <laughs> I know where my strengths are and my strengths are lyrics and uh, the feel of the song and the um, just the movement from verse to chorus. And then I put a, a baseline or a, a, really a, a starting point and then I give it to Randy and then him and I kind of, I call it, put the paint on it. We kind of put the molding up and the caulk, and uh, it just really nice and tidy up. So I like that. And then from there, we're um, we're ready to go to Nashville with uh, what I call the incubation stage of a very rough cut, and then we give it to my guy Steve Mandel, who's produced uh, and written for a lot of artists, Tim McGraw and a few others, and he makes it you know mass production that could be played on the radio. Just one more background aspect of Derek Anthony, and that is that. 
you're from St. Louis, but you now live in Texas. When and why <laughs> did you move? Good question. Um, so I chose the, I'll just say the responsibility route, if you will. I got my education in marketing, uh, got a corporate job, got married, um, and my wife is uh, by education a, 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 a teacher, educator, uh, but now she's not doing that. So um, we got married and moved to Indianapolis for a, a corporate job and put music on hold for a while and wow. wasn't really sure you know at that time you know kind of going back to college I had really struggled with the decision of my major and I showed up at orientation freshman year and she's like oh welcome Derek what's your major I go really proud like music and she goes well do you know you have to take four years of marching band oh no and I just yeah my heart just dropped I'm like I just got done with four years in high school with four years of first chair trumpet marching band. I don't want to do it for eight years. <laughs> so I declared uh, computer information systems as my major. No kidding. And did, you know, just futz it around with music for four years by myself. I, I you know, I was really focused on graduating with, with good grades. And so I ended up changing to marketing and minored in computer information systems. So then I got a sales job selling consumer electronics and like, okay, this is it. Uh, I'm going to put music on hold, get married, have kids. This was still in Indiana. Yeah. So three years later, the, I got a call from a, from a corporate relationship that I had um, made and was offered a great job to move to Texas. So that's what got me to but Texas. But all that time when you keep saying that music was put on hold, I mean, literally put on hold. Yeah, it was. It was not a priority because I, I knew... Going in as an artist, you really have three ways to, to make make it. You can, well, four. You can write and get published and make money if somebody picks you up. You can be an entertainer and front man, and, and which I wanted. That was my plan A, which I've been doing. But the other option is to be a teacher, which I knew there wasn't really. I mean, you really, my heart, to teach, really, I'd rather perform than teach somebody else how to do it. And then uh, lastly is to be a studio demo singer or musician. So out of all those, um, I knew that the road to, I don't know, call it success or whatever success means to you. I thought that, you know, I wanted to be the next Kenny Chesney or Tim McGraw or so how do I get that done? There was a lot of pull for me to consider moving to Nashville at 18 and, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but did not. And that's fine. I'm happy with my life and the my wife and my two beautiful daughters that I have. So, so I, I, we moved, uh, three years. So we've been in Texas for quite some time. It's been home for, for almost, you know, 15 plus years and we, we love it. And I go back and forth to Nashville to record. Wonderful. And network. Wonderful. And speaking of recording listeners, I want to thank Tascam for all the great equipment that I have from them that allows me to record now here this entertainment i say for the show every week but it allows me to record wherever i am whether i'm on location like i am here in anaheim and using my dr44 wl handheld recorder and the tm60 microphones that derek and i have xlr'd into the unit that we're using even though there's built-in microphones that i could have used whether it's the audio interface that i have when i'm recording back from my home studio which is the mini studio creator and for those of you that are performers and the recording that you want to do on your own, Tascam has all kinds of solutions for that. Take a look at Tascam.com. Look at everything from recording at home, whether it's demos or even some singles. And if you want to do an EP or a full album, 
They've been around for 40-plus years. They knew a thing or two about recording. And also, if you want to do a recording of your live show, Tascam has a solution for that too. So get on Tascam.com. It's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. And look at all the options that they have there. Find a dealer, Tascam.com. Derek, you started your own record label called Blue Ant Music Group. And I'm gaining from you in the little bit of time that we're getting to know each other that you are very much about the business side of things. So obviously you saw, was it a need or a desire or both to start your own record label? Well, honestly, it's a, it, I, needed a tax in, I needed a tax entity. So I needed an LLC. If for some reason, you know, I'm making 4 or $5 million a year and somebody wants to go after me and sue me, they only can go after my LLC, so my my personal assets are protected. So that's the real truth to it. Secondly, I wanted to create a label to basically tell the the fan and the in the business world that hey, I got my own label. And then thirdly, long term, would be to bring other artists under the label. Um, I don't have all the answers, but I feel like I have enough to to know what path not to go down. And what people I can trust. Um, whoever's getting into this business, it's all a people business, like any business. But more importantly, especially the music business, if they see that you're successful, you look the part, you sound the part, you got good drive. There's people that want to take advantage of you, so you have to be careful with that. For the indie artist who's listening to you say all this, and they're thinking, "I should start up my own record label." Should they, or is it? Hold on, it's not. You know, do not try this at home. It's not as easy as it looks. Or, or um, I or, think it's. I think it's fine to go set up an articles of uh, declaration with your bank and get it. Get a, an official document. I think it's three hundred twenty-five bucks to get an LLC from the government. You can do it online. So yeah, I, I mean, legally they should do that. That's not that hard. And then it, from there, it's just how do you uh, do your books and, you know, write off expenses. And, you know, it, it, if you're not comfortable with doing that, but yeah, they should get a CPA or an accountant. See, and I'm really happy that we're having this discussion because what I think happens is an indie artist hears starting your own record label and they think of the sexy part. They just want to know because yeah. people want to say, well, are you signed to a label? What label do you record under? And I think they're just hearing that part. And you're saying... Hey, that part comes in eventually, right? But right now, you need to literally get your financial house and your business house in order, right? And and most fans or you know the public doesn't really care. They just want your they want to know what Derek Anthony's doing. They don't they don't care what Blue Ant Music Group is. But for me, as I as I progress and get older, I'm not going to perform forever. So I love the right forever and, until I die. But maybe I can get a couple, you know, artists that come under my label and I can help them market and do social media and book them and promote them. And, you know, it's a, it's a whole, what they call a 360 degree package that all the labels are doing now. And unfortunately not to kind of get into the Nashville scene, but a lot of labels become banks and it, it takes a lot of money to, to go to either a regional or national level, a lot of money, like 2 million bucks to break an artist that's what they spend so that's what us as independents are going against it's david and goliath there's no way i'll ever get played on national radio unless some some program director at cumulus believes in me or i write him a big check (laughs) 
it used to be illegal. It's called a payola, but but now it's marketing funds. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not being bitter. I'm just being honest, and that's just the way it is. And uh, you know, for and that's what I would say to an artist going up in this world like, and, and trying to make a way. Just start locally, move to regional, um, do what you need to do on a local level, create that fan base, and build every day. Build a new fan base, and soon you too can be performing the way that. I mean, talk about. The, the old expression, you know, one of the hardest working guys in show business. So Derek just finished saying, I'm not going to be performing forever. So in the meantime, he is performing, as I said in the intro, over 120 shows a year for the last eight years. And listen, these are cool. I'm going to be like a fan now and say, <laughs> how cool is it when you hear that he's played at South by Southwest, CMA Fest, House of Blues, Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. I mean... I hope you do that take was, a, a little time out to pat yourself on the yeah. back. That's a very impressive list. Well, thank you. That was a Tracy Lawrence, if anybody remembers Tracy Lawrence. Uh, he's had 13 or 14 number one hits that we had opened up for him, and it was a seven-day cruise. It was almost uh, like a vacation. Okay, okay. But Royal Royal Caribbean, you know, they're, they're, we're talking about maybe doing different ports. Um, it's kind of weird how they treat musicians. Um, it's, it's all based on how many tickets you can sell. They don't really... I don't really care who you are. They just like, hey, here's a, here's the link. Go sell tickets, and we'll pay you a commission. <laughs> uh, but are you talking about? Because are they the one that I had read at one point? There was a cruise line that was going to do when they come into a port. There's a show that's yeah. done, and you don't go out on the cruise. You just play at that port. Yeah, and that, that's so exactly that's a, what it is. Wow. Yeah. And so they want. That's not what I did with in. Tracy, but yeah, that in, in, in concept, that's what that, that's what they're trying to do. But so the Tracy thing, how did you even get that opportunity in the first through place? through a travel agent? locally in towns like you know i always say this like network like you this is your business is your don't don't act like a rock star just act normal be personable go up to people and you know my wife teases me all the time all you do is talk about your music i go i don't people want to talk about it because it's cool it's different it's not about excel spreadsheets and the political crap that's going on in the office this is this is like not a lot of you know i don't know what the percentage 98 percent of the people in the world can't sing nor do they know how to, but for people that are, I'm doing it and living it, they want to talk about it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, toot my own horn here, but this is kind of fun stuff, you know. Well, and I would say to Mrs. Derek Anthony that unfortunately, my opinion, and I know you didn't ask for it, Mrs. Derek Anthony, but in his case. He should talk about it. If he just sits around and waits for everybody yeah. else to talk about it, you know, if you're not talking about your music, then exactly. why, why would you expect the rest of the music community to? And there's a way to come across humble and sure, not, sure. you know, arrogant. And so there's a fine line there where you're going to be confident. Hey, come out to a show. We'd love to see you. Thank you so much for supporting it. Can you follow me on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because... Because social media is our currency now. In other words, let's not let's not take the girls out to dinner and then you get up and go table to table and tell everybody that hey, I'm Derek Anthony, yeah. I'm a singer songwriter, and here's yeah. where you can get my music and like my Facebook. <laughs> right. and people go, really? I'm just trying to enjoy my meal. Yeah. But at the same time, people come up to you and go, hey, you do music, right? I saw you the other night at such and such. I mean, you you got to put on your business hat and say, right. Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, would you like to take a picture? Hey, who's your who's your family? Are you here with family? You want to say hello? Whatever. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed the show. What what did you like about my music? All that kind of stuff and, and get them into the conversation. Yeah, and I tell people all the time, it's really weird how the human brain works. There's, there's performers and very charismatic personalities. And then there's what I call like the mathematician mind, like kind of reserved. They're uh, introverts, very, very smart and very analytical when they're playing the guitar. They know where that F sharp is on every fret. We're 
it's hard. What I'm getting at is hard to find that person that does all that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. I, that's very hard. So as a musician, as a frontman, you want to like the old adage of corporate world: always hire people that are better than you. I mean, that's what I've done. I think so. Uh, so in addition to Tracy. Just talk about the, these. I mentioned some of these in the intro. You have opened for Clint Black. You've opened for Jody Messina. You've opened for Kansas. Again, I, I'm always sensitive to the listener who's an up and comer that says, "I'd love to open just for one of those people." And here's Derek Anthony that's open for multiple. Advice. I mean, how are you getting some of these opportunities, and, and have they been as beneficial to you as as I think? Because that's another. There's this idea out there that well, if I could just open up for somebody big then the following good things are going to happen for me. But is that a little bit kind of misguided or... or I think a little bit. It just depends on what that venue is. So for me, on those examples you listed was at Billy Bob's, which is the number one honky-tonk in the world. Everybody and their brother goes through there as a headliner. And then we were were the opening act uh, for a lot of those artists that came into Billy Bob's on a weekly basis. So we were there, say, once a month, once every eight weeks. Would it be fair to say that you were the quote-unquote house band? Yeah, that would so be fair. Okay. But okay. at the same time, we're still there. We're still playing in front of 3,000 people. Sure, sure. I'm playing original songs and also covers. Ah, but I'm wonderful. also keeping the crowd engaged. You know, kind of funny, but I was kind of the fluffer, okay? I got the people excited. <laughs> but at the end, when Mark Chestnut is done, now we got to keep them because they're ready to party at 12 oh, o'clock at night. Okay, wow. So now we play wow. a third set. It was wow. four hours of playing. Wow. I have 380 songs that we could play tomorrow, and my voice won't last that long, but <laughs> I like to get to all original sets, and we do that as well um, through a 90-minute set. So, And I want to finish that thought is if you go on tour in your opening act, it's a lot more beneficial than just, like I mentioned, the – the one-offs, if you will, of the local people, the national guys that come in locally. Um, so that's what we're trying to get at, is, is it to get an opening slot on tour with, say, uh, I don't know, Dirk Bentley or Blake Shelton. But all that's very political, too. It's about the label you're on. And um, now, you know, I don't know if I want to disclose this, and I don't. this is just hearsay, but a lot of the bigger guys are charging for their opening act. So there's one particular act that charges $150,000 to be his opening act. But is it a safe assumption that when you say it's a lot more beneficial when you can get on tour and become someone's regular opening act, is it safe to assume that what you're implying is there's an opportunity to perhaps form a little bit of a quote-unquote relationship with that headline? Or is that, is that, that why you're too, saying it's more but beneficial? But more importantly, you're consistently in front of 10,000 people oh, a night. I see. I see. And you're, you're validated and it's a different 10,000 people every yeah. day as opposed to the same 3,000 at the one honky well, yeah, tonk maybe, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. but they'll have okay. rotation, but yeah. But in that way, I could sell. Now, for me, Bruce, if Dirk said, yeah, it's 150 grand, you know what I do? I go out and try to find a sponsor because if I'm doing a 20, 20 city, let's say it's 20 cities at 20,000, that's 400,000 people, and I can sell merch, and I, can, I they know who I am, it validates me, it's a cost of doing business. It's really sad, but that's the way it is. Sure, sure. And when you've done these opening slots for the Clint Blacks, the Jody Messinas of the world, have you seen a bump in downloads, in merch sales, things a like that? A little bit. I mean, they're. I mean, I'm going to be realistic. They're there to see the headliner, and sure, I and I'm sure. a. Oh, who's this guy? 
and maybe I'll get 10% of them to... Well, but I always say there's something to be said for the person that's pleasantly surprised and says, you know what, I really like this Derek Anthony guy. And next thing you know, they're pulling out their phone to download music or they're going yeah. over to look at your merch table or whatever The consumer is. is so inundated with digital content, like people think it's easier to make it, quote unquote. But I feel it's harder just because there's so many different avenues as an artist that you can have a path to push if it's Facebook or if it's Instagram, if it's Twitter, if it's YouTube. So now as a business owner, I have to decide, am I going to put 500 bucks in a Facebook ad on my next gig? And is that, and then you look at all the analytics. It's, it's, um, yeah. What's my ROI? Because if I'm going to, there put is none in the music business, yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. Well, but that's why I always say, you know, you can't be all things to all people, meaning you can't be on every single one of these platforms. So you have to decide where is my audience? Where do they hang out? And then be good at that one or be good at those two or be good at those three. But don't tell yourself, I have to be on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, you know, and the list goes on because you're going to you're going to die trying. I know the older demographic now that grandma and grandpa are on Facebook. A lot of the younger millennials and even younger than them are getting off of Facebook. I know in, for me, Instagrams and Spotify are the two number number one and two for me. And YouTube, of course. So YouTube is owned by Google. So you better be on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, you better get on it fast. Yep. Because yep. Google owns the world. So moving on. Just if we can just take maybe 60 seconds just to briefly talk about maybe the, the lessons that you took away from the following. Listeners, I'm referring to Derek has tried out for The Voice. He's tried out for America's Got Talent. He was a finalist for Shiner Rising Star 2015, and he was a semifinalist for the Nash Next Talent Competition. So, again, it goes back to my opening comment about having thick skin. Um, the Voice was probably my my I think in my, my biggest shot just because if anybody's tried out for it, you know that it's it's a cattle call. There's twenty thousand people in a city. You show up, you wait in line for six hours. All everybody's nervous. I don't really get nervous at those things because you have ninety seconds to sing an a cappella cover song that they hopefully will know. And you're then you finally are huddled into a room of ten people. And then they call your name up and you have 90 seconds to impress this judge. So what I, what I find ironic with The Voice is that they're already judging you. They already have a bucket of people. They already have a cowboy bucket filled. They have a white guy, that 24-year-old, an Asian that's 34, a woman, a male. They won't ever admit it, but that's how it's going down. If you look at all the contestants, it's very well diverse. It doesn't happen by mistake. So... I go in, it's all, it's all really luck. Like if I go in, I don't know where I'm at in a, in a bucket filled position on the backside of their program. So they already might've found three Cowboys in Atlanta. And then, you know, I'm on the last go around and they're going to be nice to me and be like, I thanks. So anyway, you get done, you, you, you belt it out and you sit back down. And then he tells you, uh, you get a red card. If you get a red card, you're, you're through the next round. And then you go meet with another producer and then they put you under the lights and you got to sing another song to see how you react to the lights. And then you're flown out to L.A. And then they test you again on a big stage and you may even fail that. So they bring enough to know the attrition of, let's say they have 100 and they're going to get it down to 50 anyway. But yeah, try, I mean, I'm all for it. Try out, do it. It's exciting. Just don't, you know, bet the farm on it. 
I am on location at the 2019 Winter NAMM Show in Anaheim, California, and joining me today is singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Derek Anthony. Visit his official website at DerekAnthony.net. We will have a link to it for the show page for this episode at NHTE.net. He is on the what I consider four major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, so do engage with Derek there. If you do want to check out his company website, blueantmusicgroup.com, is the site to go to for that. His music is available on Spotify. Make sure you keep up with Derek online so you can see where and when you can go see him perform live. For our show, we do have a Facebook group. You can come in there and talk with me, talk with other guests from the show, other listeners. It's called NHTE Listeners if you want to search for it on Facebook or just go to our show website, nhte.net, and there's a blue button there that says Join Our Facebook Group. Click that, come on over, and talk with just about anyone about just about anything. It's not just, did you hear the latest episode? Guess who's coming on the next one? Engage with the others and bring your thoughts, ideas, challenges, and talk with one another in the NHTE listeners group. I look forward to seeing you in there. Derek, you have said that your band, the D-Train Band, is one of the strongest in country music. I, I want to ask you what makes them so strong, but I think you're going to say, and so I'm hoping that I'm wrong, believe it or not, I think you're going to say, well, they've played with, they've played with people like J-Lo, Mark Anthony, Garth Brooks, Miranda Lambert. Is that why you think they're one of the strongest, or is there more to it than just that? Well, Yes, I mean, yes, that's, like, not the main reason. Um, and, again, just some advice. Again, I don't have all the answers, but it's your family. It's your brand. It's your experience that you're bringing out to the public. So you want to make sure your band is representing you in the proper fashion, meaning being sober, being on time, knowing the parts, don't act like an ass, um, don't yell at somebody on stage, be respectful to the sound crew, all those things go a long, long way. And I've ran into, I'm probably over through 12 decar, decar, guitar guitar players, 12 guitar players over the last seven years just because they don't get it. They don't, there's a lot of people in this business that don't treat it as a business. They don't, they don't understand that there's a respect, not for me, but, but just for the brand itself. So yes, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth has one of the highest talented musician buckets in the world um nashville austin dfw la new york i mean those i think are the top five so the short answer is man i can't believe you're playing with me i'm so, like i'm just a kid on the stage just trying to keep up you know it's and they, these guys are busy too they have other other acts that they play with but i'm i'm just so to your point hey sit back and kind of chew on it for a little bit it's hard for me to do that i just saw I always get teased for not remembering what happened in the past because I don't live in the past. I know that sounds like a cliche, but I just don't. Like, I was so excited to meet you and do this today, but, you know, there's other things tonight and tomorrow, and, like, I'm always pushing for the next thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and in some instances, that's a negative fault of trait that I have. Like, I don't, I don't um, appreciate the past as I should. That's fair. That's fair. Talk about the song of yours, Give It To Me Straight. What is the connection to George Strait? Because it's Give It To Me Straight, S-T-R-A-I-T, <laughs> yeah. like his name. So my wife and I were in a tiff, and uh, she was telling me what I wanted to hear. She wasn't telling me how she felt because she didn't want to, you know, cause angst. 
So I, I, I just, I just, I didn't yell it. I just said strongly, like, "Girl, just give it to me straight. What are you doing?" And then, it, Bing, 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 Bing. <laughs> so then I was like, "Well, that sounds a little cliche. I'm sure it's been done. Why don't we turn it into a George Strait little montage?" So what I've done is there's nine references to George Strait's lyrics or titles of songs in my song. And you have to find them. <laughs> That's so cool. That's a cool <laughs> idea. And I love what you did there because it started with your wife is trying to butt heads with you. And it's like, and here you are on top of it. Not only are you upsetting me, but now you're getting a song idea in the middle of it. And yeah. then you say, well, wait a minute. Maybe that's been done. Let's get really creative here. So, well done. Thank you. Well, well done. I didn't want to sound it cheesy. So, you know, I, I'm writing like brainstorming all the lyrics on a whiteboard. And then, so if I know me is in there, um, um, I'm carrying your love with me is in there. There's all kinds of other, anyway, you have to listen to it. And the video is amazing. Check out the music video as well. Uh, you have a number of endorsements. Obviously that speaks to part of why you're here at the winter Nam show, but you're also going to be a, a great time and place tomorrow night in the Marriott stage. I know this episode is going to have come out long after that takes place, but I'm sure you got to be looking forward to that. Yeah, show. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I have a, I'm my fiddle player here, Megan Miller, Johnny Rose, my drummer, uh, a guitar player that used to be with me in Texas now lives in LA. So he's coming in for it and uh, that'll be at the Marriott stage. But yeah, I mean, just to play at the world's largest music show again, one of those, you know, memories that I'll have for a long, long time. It's kind of like Billy Bob's. For sure. I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about some of the charitable stuff that you do. I know there's a couple in particular that I'll say are near and dear to your heart. Beads of Courage and Sunshine Spaces. If you can just tell the listeners a little yeah, bit I'll about try those to, two. I'll try to put it in a kind of a 50,000 foot level. So the um, the beadsofcourage.org is the website. Check it out. And it they basically endorse hospitals to endorse their their campaign for sick or terminally ill kids and as the kid goes through a procedure each procedure has a color of a bead so red could be a blood transfusion uh orange could be a bone marrow transplant purple could be a shot as, sim- as simple as that so as they make it through the procedures as an attaboy they give him this bead like we're so proud of you and they put it on the necklace so they build this encouragement up and it also allows the parents and the loved ones to also reciprocate and feel that, oh, my kid made it through, great. So it's a sign of encouragement. I like that. So unfortunately, I've, I met a young kid, seven years old, who passed away um, from cancer, uh, Micah Ahern, and he was the TCU, TCU is the Texas Christian University, pretty big school in Fort Worth. He, there, he was the TCU bat boy for two years, and they went to the World Series twice. Every, every time he was involved. So they're calling him the angel. Go Frogs, I believe. Yeah, that's right. right. Go yeah. Frogs, yep. So through another l- little man that I uh, that I had grown to love and still alive and doing well, he has an operable brain tumor. And so through him, I met uh, the Aherns, and I went to his funeral on my birthday. I've never been to a funeral on my birthday. And I ne- let alone, I've never been to a funeral for a kid. How heartbreaking is that? So the church was packed. I turned over the program. It had Beats of Courage, and I've never heard of this thing before, and I read it. I'm like, I got to write a song. So for me, I, I, I drive my creativity through personal experience, and I, it, just, it just was a calling. I know it sounds corny, but it's kind of a calling for me. So through a surprise, six months later, everything was kind of quieting down. The emotions are somewhat subsided. 
I had held a sold-out concert in Grapevine, and I invited his parents to come on stage, and I debuted the song through a little laid-back acoustic violin and keyboards, and we debuted it, it, and uh, I'm crying, they're crying, so I gave them a a plaque or a a printed bonded paper of all the lyrics and the Beads of Courage watermark and a 11 by 17 frame and gave it to him as a, as just a, you know, a memento of, I'm thinking about your son. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Now, full circle. Now Beats of Courage is considering it as their theme song or at least a song they support. That's wonderful. And listeners, if you didn't hear the episode from two weeks ago with Jessica Muse, very fitting, interviewed her here at NAM. also. She talked about the Children's Cancer Network, I believe, and St. Jude. Go back and listen to that. That was something that she said, you know, why not a children's charity? You know, the children are our future, and so I do want to do the activities that I'm involved with to, to look out for them. And now here's Derek two episodes later talking about the same thing. And then uh, Sunshine Spaces. Sunshine Spaces is somewhat in the same realm, a little different. It's for kids that are also either terminally or very sick. Um, and this uh, young lady, Erica Jones, is the chairman out of Dallas. And what they do is they go and vet the families and work with local Home Depot, Lowe's, Sherman Williams, contractors, and they go into their actual house and, and demo their bedroom, the kids' bedroom, and create this sunshine space. So it could be Superman. It could be Cinderella. It could be the Hulk. Wow. Then they do a reveal on the local ABC channel. Ah. And the kid comes in just like crying bells like, oh, my God, this is my fairyland. Wow. Or if you're wow. a guy, it's Transformers. It's just... Because it's their own room. They don't need to go to a hospital. They don't need to go. It's yeah, all very yeah. uncomfortable for kids that go outside their their comfort level, which is their house. Sure. So they go and they vet certain kids throughout the Metroplex uh, and help them. I like it. I like it. That's really cool. The NAM show is really cool, too. People like Derek feel like a kid in a candy store, even though they're grownups and it's music gear, but there's all kinds of stuff here. If you are looking for a guitar, though, don't even go to NAM. Just go to the Boulder Creek Guitars website. I play a Boulder Creek guitar, and I always say, who cares that I play it? It's the big names that play it, and it's people that you maybe haven't heard of that have played it, but there have been lots of guests on this show who've talked about their experiences, why they play instruments from Boulder Creek, because they actually do guitars, basses, and ukuleles. Dave Jenkins from Pablo Cruz was on here talking about playing Boulder Creek guitars, the bass player for 11 to 38, Justin Emmert. I interviewed him a year ago here at NAM. The bass player for Pat Benatar. The bass player for Emmy Lou Harris. Players from Fleetwood Mac from Three Doors Down. There's a lot of people that are playing Boulder Creek guitars, and it's all because of the great sound. And how do they get a great sound? It's because of the way the guitar is built. So listen to the interview with Jeff Stramitz, who's the CEO, but he's also a regular gigging musician, where he talks about that manufacturing process and then they have videos that you can watch all of this stuff including a dealer list is on bouldercreekguitars.com as well as their artist roster it's b-o-u-l-d-e-r bouldercreekguitars.com derek we're in the home stretch here i want to talk about if i don't a song of yours that has over a hundred and two thousand views on youtube in just nine months what gave that song the boost over the others a lot of creative marketing. <laughs> um, I think it's the hook. It's the video. Um, the the hook on Spotify. It's done similar numbers. I think we're around ninety two thousand streams. Um, you know, I don't really have. Like I said, I don't. I don't really have some hit, some don't. And uh, I think the hook and the melody and just 
it's basically about um, decisions in your life that it's kind of counterintuitive. But if I didn't do that, then would have that happened? So as your life progresses chronologically, um, we all fall fall fault of it of of trying to pinpoint why why I'm here and in, in, in this point in time and why am I doing this and so if I wouldn't make those choices in the past I wouldn't be here so either it's spiritually or faithfully or just because the the moon and stars align um, you know I, honestly I, I think it's just back to the opening comment I've been pushing this thing hard like promoter radio Spotify Facebook I mean full social media push and that's what it takes I mean for a guy like me that's not on a label, that's what labels do. I mean, that's what everybody does. So why would I be any different? But I like that a couple times you have gone back to saying, I think it's the hook because all the promotion is important and you do need to be on the major social media platforms as I referred to the quote-unquote big four. But, you know, you can throw money at boosting a video on YouTube. You could do all this other stuff, a, a Facebook ad, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, if the song itself isn't good, if there's not a good hook, if there's not something that's going to pull the listener in, then it's just not really going to... And I hope I have enough experience to know that. So I only choose or hope to write songs that are not cliche or a little different. Back to my wife, I wrote a song called Don't Mess With PMS. So that's, but it's no reflection on her, as I state. So that's really funny, but never been done before. So those are the things that I try to, I try to do something like I'm, this is, I don't know, I'll, I'll tell you, but I mean, I'm writing a new song called Three Wise Men, Jose, Jack, and Jim. <laughs> Why hasn't anybody done that? I Googled the crap out of it and nobody's done it. It's a little bit on the edge because if you're very Christian, you might get mad at me. But if you're a guy and wants to drink, these three whiskeys or bourbons make you wiser as you drink more. The three wise men. <laughs> See, you're laughing. It's funny. It's a good hook. Well, and it, and it has me interested. That now I want to. Now I want to hear the song when it comes out to hear what is he going to do with it. So that's very strategic on your part. This last song that we're going to play, I do want you to talk about it. But thank you. I'm I'm privileged that we're able to get this song and play it here on Now Hear This Entertainment before it's released to radio, which will happen on April 1st. And then the video for it will be released on May 1st. It's a song called She Wanted. Tell the listeners about this song. So this is, again, is reverse, um, how should I put this, discrimination, sort of. So it's a girl and a guy, and the girls being the butthead in the relationship. The girl is, is being very physical and verbal abuse to the man and the man is doing everything that she wants and she's still not it's still not enough so the hook is um he's basically i, I don't know verbatim but I, it's funny how i can't recite a song without singing it but um basically he's done everything he can and he let her go so um basically the the last of the song is that he did let her go and i the video is really dark and really hard um, there's, but I, you know, I've talked to probably 15 to 20 men about the song idea and, and 90% of them told me that's why I divorced my wife. There's a lot of men that don't admit because it's not manly to say my wife is ver- verbally abusive to me. She's a bully. She runs my life. Are you going to tell your friend that? Probably not. So I think I'm 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 kind of crawling into an unspoken world of, of or issue with men and women, and I don't know how 
prevalent it is, but I think it's an unspoken problem. But you just said the video is very dark, and I'm curious. Listeners, it's no secret. You can look up when the Winter NAMM show is. It's in late January, and this episode isn't coming out until uh, sometime in late February, I think. So how is it that the video isn't coming out until May 1st, and you already have it done? No, I have it all in my head. Oh, okay. I already know okay. it's going to be you dark. You said the video is very dark. Well, I thought it's gonna, it was I'm sorry. It's going to be dark. It's, okay. It, it is... Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's definitely, like I said, with the songs, I don't want the videos to be cliche either. So I'm hopeful I can, uh, we, we're talking to two directors and we're almost we're almost going to shoot it here shortly. And I was actually going to ask you, production-wise, make your videos in Texas or is it, no, sometimes we go It's all cost, kind of cost-driven. So if I find a producer in Nashville or L.A. or, but yeah, it'll probably be in Texas just because the actors and vetting the sites and the house and the and the police cars it's a it's a chore well derek this has been great i really enjoyed talking to you and and thank you for your time all the best in 2019 i can't wait to see what else there is ahead from from all things thank you so much anthony thank you for supporting independent artists absolutely my pleasure listeners that will do it for this week's episode of now hear this entertainment my sincere thanks to singer songwriter multi-instrumentalist derek anthony do visit his official website. It's DerekAnthony.net. We will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at NHTE.net. And then engage with him on social media. So that means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to his YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music and Now Hear This Entertainment. As I mentioned before, if you want to look at the website for his record label, it's blueantmusicgroup.com. There is no E. It's B-L-U-A-N-T musicgroup.com. Remember that his music is streaming on Spotify. Keep up with Derek online so you can see where and when you can go see him perform live, as well as other news that he releases through his social media and his website. For our show, I'd love to talk with you in our Facebook group. It's called NHTE Listeners. Go to the website, nhte.net. You will see a blue button there that says join our Facebook group. Click that. Come on over and join the group. Talk with me. Talk with past guests. Talk with other listeners. Bring your questions, your comments, your concerns, challenges. If you're an independent artist and you want to ask questions, that's a great place to be a sounding board with one another in the music community. Thank you ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Derek Anthony. This is the one he just talked about. It's called She Wanted. Wouldn't you give the one you love when you don't believe it's ever enough? What wouldn't you say to make it clearer when losing her is your only fear? When she wanted.